Well, good evening, everybody. Hello, welcome to your new favorite podcast. This week we are live for the for a change, and also for a change, we're not talking to a musician about their song. We're talking to a music reviewer about other people's songs. I'd like to welcome uh, Bo Liebman of the Indie Review, all the way from. Where are you from? Uh, California. California. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, the indie review and uh, what uh, uh, you know what the the, the uh, motivation behind it is and where you are in that. Sure, um, it actually was started by a couple of my friends back in college, and we all went to uh, University of Santa Barbara or California Santa Barbara together, and they formed the site, and they we all were huge music fans, and they invited me to start contributing to it. Um, we were pretty unstructured back then. We didn't really have an identity. We were kind of just doing it randomly for fun and it didn't really end up going anywhere. And just, I was kind of the last person even posting on it after a while. So it kind of died off for a bit. And then uh, cut to a few years ago, 2017, um, I had a time where I just had some extra time on my hand and I decided I want to bring it back. But having learned a lot more about websites, music sites, whatnot, I decided to really give it more of an identity. Um, kind of decide which direction we're going to go and just really brand it a little bit more. And since then, we've really just, thankfully, just kind of grown and grown and found its audience. Uh, we try and really focus on promoting new artists, up and coming artists, people, you know, ones that people haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, still dive into some other, you know, better known artists who we are, we love. Um, the founders of the site, uh, which won't, came back with me for a bit. They've kind of stepped aside and I've really kind of taken over managing the site. And I brought in some new writers over the last year or two, uh, to help keeping up the, uh, the content. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we really, you know, we saw there's obviously from here in America, you can see the billboard top 40, whatnot, and having music playing there. And with that, a lot of the music from kind of artists I love, uh, artists, I mean, I'm a big fan of rock and roll punk music. I love folk and I mean, other small genres, ska, uh, reggae, world music, whatnot. They really weren't getting as much promotion, at least from radio, from mainstream labels. Um, that's always in flux, of course, but I just wanted to really said shine a light. I love sharing new music with people yeah. and help people find new artists they love too. So I always feel like I've won you know, a victory if someone who discovered an artist through me is now listening to that artist, seeing them live, supporting them in some way. So do you play music yourself? Are you a musician? Uh, I play guitar a little bit. I actually have my guitar uh, right here by my side, but I wouldn't say I'm anything close to being a good musician. I do it a little bit fun uh-huh. actually during the quarantine i started a somewhat jokey uh instagram story series called bo butchers the classics where i'll take a song which i might have learned even that day and just play it live and then add in little captions making fun of myself and taking digs at my <laughs> poor ability to sing and play but you know, i love music so much it's sometimes just cathartic to take a song you love and kind of play it see how it's yeah. constructed and just belt it out yeah. Okay. So, and I mean, just uh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, but you do get a lot of comments on the on the on those kind of videos. I mean, this is all for the indie review or for your own website. Oh, that's just personal. That's those videos are just personal. Uh, yeah. It's just for my friends to see. Though occasionally, you know, like I have other people spy in. I actually covered a song by the Gym Blossoms 
And I tagged them and they actually shared it on their posts and thanked me for the honor of co- calling their song a classic, which it of course is, but I wish <laughs> my cover of it deserves any sort of praise. <laughs> so it's probably the closest thing to something in my singing range that I could do. Yeah. But do you find that a lot of uh, um, artists click, or is that, are they the only person that has actually clicked uh, or commented on your, on your work or uh, you had other people? Well, as far as the indie review goes, I mean, we thankfully do get a lot of, you know, the artists, you know, yeah. submitting their uh, project to us, a lot of them sharing it, thanking us, which has been great. I've actually been able to start dialogue to certain artists that I'm a fan of through it. And sometimes it's just through, you know, interaction with them on social media. Um, I have a few artists, I'm big fans of following us, which is always nice. Yeah. And, you know, we also just find, you know, new people online commenting, fans following it, whether via WordPress or via Twitter, Facebook, whatnot. So we said, we're just really happy that, you know, they can see it and they can help promote themselves through our posts. And I've been able to form some relationships with these artists and just watch them as they've grown and found, you know, new followers. There's a local band out here that I'm a huge fan of called Pacific Radio, who I discovered them, I think just one song via Spotify. And I discovered another song of theirs called Katie, which I absolutely loved. And I covered that and they were thankful. And I saw them live and gave them more coverage. And since then, I've seen that song of theirs, you know, just blow up on Spotify, become by their most streamed track. And, you know, they've said they're still local bands, still trying to work hard and get their music heard and out there. But, you know, I've just been glad to be a part of helping them be discovered and uh, hopefully get the word out about them to people outside of California. Okay, cool. And, um, you know, do they do how do you find bands then? What do you do? Do you go actively looking for? Um, absolutely. I mean, thankfully, you know, I get tons of submissions uh, via my email, my uh, bow at the indie review, uh, dot com. So a lot of PR and labels are always sending me emails and I don't even have time to actually go through them all. Like, I think I have currently a thousand in my inbox. Um, thankfully, now that I have a few more people on our team writing, I can share some of those with them to see if have them listen and cover things they like. But um, it's along with that, it's finding things via, you know, Spotify playlists. Uh, back when we could actually go see live music, it was yeah. going to live shows and discovering bands that way, which is, of course, my favorite uh, thing to do. Uh, for a little while, there was a, a small venue called The Mint out here that during quarantine was still doing some little outdoor live shows. Um, this is really small local artist, but I heard one artist there I really liked and ended up covering them the next week. So it's really a variety of ways. And sometimes just through friend recommendations, uh, mm. they'll usually instead of my group, I'm the one recommending songs to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, other, the artists, you know, if you're going to go and see a lot of people live, then it kind of limits the uh, range in which you can actually, which, you know, the, the, the geographical location of the bands. Do you also, have bands reviewed bands that are all over the world or um absolutely i actually have a we have a series called world watch or it's an article Mm -hmm. series where we focus specifically on bands outside of the united states canada you know trying to do outside the uk really looking for bands from countries all over it doesn't have to be songs in english just things that we love so Mm -hmm. we found artists in thailand artists in ukraine artists in france artists in you know south africa artists in japan no, like I actually went to Tokyo uh, back in 2019 and 
while in their tower records discovered a rock band called the Cro-Magnums, who I really liked. And unfortunately, they're actually not available. It's, it's almost impossible to find their music to stream out here in the United States. They have only small clips on YouTube. They're not on Spotify. So I guess they don't have really wide distribution. But yeah. it's sad because I'd love to hear more of their music. And I think that's, you know, sometimes an issue for a lot of these foreign these artists who are um, out there who don't have me access as easy access made to get their music out there outside of me soundcloud when i admit i don't check soundcloud that often because there's just you know i i wouldn't know where to start looking for these things but yeah uh, it's hard without pr people without you know a great social media savvy and getting other people to share your work sometimes be discovered outside of your own little local pub yeah i mean that's a that's a big difficulty of being an independent artist obviously is uh, you know people who are on the radio are on the radio and then they you know you get well known and then it kind of snowballs from there but how do you move up from nobody knowing you to somebody knowing you and that's uh, uh, you know part of what I think what you're doing and what I'm doing is to try and you know raise a little bit of visibility for people and have you had kind of any success stories where people are really where you think okay i've shown these people to the world and then they've suddenly uh taken off or you know they've um it's, it's hard to attribute any group's yeah. mainstream success just to my uh, humble side yeah. <laughs> obviously you know if some you pick up on someone eventually someone else is going to i did have something kind of strange recently happened where uh one of our playlists on our site is called un, you know on our uh, spotify uh, in your review page is called the undiscovered hits. And I have a version that's focused on more like rock alternative punk songs. Another one that focuses more on folk country, but not a lot of these are bands, like all the artists and songs I have on those are all like under a million streams on Spotify. Yeah. And one, I had went through random, like going down a Spotify rabbit hole. I discovered this group called gun street radio who I'd never heard of. Can't really find anything on them about online, but I listened to their album and I actually really liked a lot of the songs added one of their songs into my uh, playlist. And when I added them, they had five monthly listeners. All their songs are underneath a thousand listens. Um, I checked in a couple months later and suddenly their, you know, their song I had put on that playlist was uh, coming in over 2000 listens. They had up to like 1400 a month, monthly listeners. I'm like, is this all for my playlist? Is that playlist still only has, you know, a handful of followers. And yeah. I, I, you can check, you know, where people are being discovered. If you look at an artist, artist page, I went and saw that they were being discovered off a playlist called Rockiva through a user called Quince or Quince. And I checked that guy's playlist and it turns out he had taken all the songs from my undiscovered playlist and added to his <laughs> playlist. And also with a few other songs. And that guy's playlist also has 17,000 listeners. So yeah, yeah, yeah. through copying, I guess I influenced an influencer. So, <laughs> you know, that means, I guess, a lot of these artists are being discovered now and having, you know, new streams, a few thousand streams added to their account yeah. because this guy just somehow came up on my playlist and decided to hijack it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, that's also being an influence, you know, you say influencing an influence, but you're, yeah. you know, um, this kind of a, uh, I will, I would probably say food chain, if you like, you know, you've got the people who are like, um, 
the radio who've got a lot of uh, followers, they don't actually go and look for the, you know, the, the, in the depths of the of the internet or whatever. You know, they're looking for people who are like like you and I who are searching the the, the deepest depths of the internet for the the nuggets and then kind of yeah bringing those up and presenting them to the world. Yeah, a few years ago, I actually got the opportunity to sit in on a, one of LA's biggest music and rock stations is K-Rock, K-R-O-Q. Yeah. I got to go sit in on what they called their New Music Tuesday, uh, where they have they go through all the new music they're considering for uh, going to rotation. And K-Rock's gone through some major changes since then, uh, both in kind of the style of the music and how they run things. So I think they've ended that, at least the inviting people uh, outside the industry to join them. But it was kind of fun as I got to see how they kind of, you know, all the, some of the DJs were there. They had some managers from different uh, artists there who maybe had songs from their artists in consideration that day. And just seeing how they would listen to it, how they'd rate the songs, talk about it and see what they thought was going to be good. And, you know, some of them were like, yeah, mostly were like radio artists that were already familiar. Uh, a couple of them were a couple of new local artists who, you know, being brought and considered who, might be um, potentially big. And on that day, you know, they picked up, ended up picking up a couple songs like that were from well-known artists, Death Cat with Cutie and um, The Smashing Pumpkins. But they also, the other day, they picked up the song uh, by The Interrupters called She's Kerosene, which was still, you know, it's a, you know, a ska punk group, which that hasn't been a genre that's done well on the radio in many years. So that yeah. song, they put in the rotation and their manager uh, was actually there that day to help promote it. But, they, you know, got to rotation. Soon that song ended up blowing up, getting radio play across the country, hitting number five on the alternative radio charts. And I know it won gold in Canada. Uh, so it's sort of like said, you know, then they do pick up a smaller artist or artist not as well known. It can often lead, uh, yield great results for that artist. Um, but it ends up being on the, you know, how good the song is too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Play better in certain markets and certain artists play better in markets you know artists that play well in la may not play as well in you know alabama or in uh montana yeah i mean it, you know do you you know if you're in the u.s in the u.s do you, do you see a lot of differences I was, you know something i was curious about because i had this conversation the week about somebody was saying about in europe you know there are so you know you have so many different countries you know, but if you look at the size of the United States, it's actually quite a lot bigger than Europe. And uh, I, I was wondering, you know, whether the, what, what the cultural differences are and whether that uh, influences the music that people listen to. Um, absolutely. There's, I mean, no matter where you go, you're going to find someone who likes a type of music that you might like. Uh, but whether what plays really big, I mean, absolutely, it's as culturally different as the cultures in America. I mean, we have very like liberal and conservative culture, you know, kind of very modern elite versus old fashioned. I mean, America is such a diaspora of different types of people. So you might find like, you know, middle of the country likes more kind of meat and potatoes style, more harder rock country music plays better there. Uh, more pop by more, you know, religious uh, music versus the coast which tend to be considered a little more hip, you know, or college towns where you're going to have more newer artists, younger hip, you know, but because of radio, because of streaming, I think those boundaries are probably changing a bit because the access to artists and all these different genres is more widespread. 
and able to be heard by people outside of just if it got like on their favorite television show, they picked up an artist. So I said, I, having been in California, which is such a big hub for music and culture and, you know, it has its own kind of bubble. It's hard for me to say, you know, what's, mm-hmm. you know, really popular in Nebraska right now. But you can, that's why you kind of look at the top 40 and you just guess those are probably what's popular and statewide or, or countrywide. You know, it's a, rap is still huge, uh, pop music, so still a huge factor. Uh, Latin music is become extremely prevalent, not just in places near, you know, Spanish, like Mexico, but across the United States. And it's growing because the number of, you know, different people from different cultures is spreading out across the country. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you take do you take that into account when you're picking music for the indie review? Uh, you know, I really, for me personally, when I'm doing a post, it's really about whether I like the artist and like the sound or not. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I try and stay really true to that. There might be an artist who is cool and someone else may really like it, but if it just doesn't really respond to me, I feel it'd be disingenuous for me to be promoting them um, just for, you know, trying to get the views and likes. You know, that's why I feel it's more legitimate way. You know, I know, thankfully no one's ever offered me money to promote their artists because I, as much as I'd love the money, can't, wouldn't take it because it's just not what the site's about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you'll find artists I wouldn't actually necessarily expect to really enjoy, whether it's a pop artist because, you know, who makes a great pop song or a rap song that's, you know, as I not anti any genre, but I just try and focus on sometimes genres that respond a little more to me. But I said, there's great music in all genres from pop and country, yeah. classical, you find sometimes instrumental music that sounds really great. And I like to promote. So it's, it's hard. It's hard. You know, depends how what kind of promotion we do. Let's to review a, an album or a band. It's um, hard because you have to be able to critically listen to them. And I can't say I'm like I don't have a any degree in music theory. You know, to be able to critically diagnose a um, an instrumental album, I don't feel like I have or a jazz album. I wouldn't have any basis doing that. But I can hear like a well crafted you know rock song or pop song and tell you whether this yeah. you know, what might be strong and working it with that. Um, as far as like a rap song goes, you know, I can't really dissect the the skill behind making beats. I'm sure it's a, it's a talent I don't have and don't understand as well. And I can only really judge it based on the lyrical content, the melodic content of it. So it's... Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, you were saying about... Um, uh, being able to review like a, a jazz song or something like that. And I think... Um, do you find that that... Uh, limits your ability not being a musician yourself does that limit your ability to um evaluate a song or is it something you think you is it an advantage you're not uh, predisposed to a certain type of um i think structure or whatever say both for as far as like beyond actually review something it's a little bit of a disadvantage because i feel like i don't you know, don't know what to say about certain things. I can tell you whether I like it or don't. Uh, but if I'm not, you know, don't have that critical ear, whether I can fairly evaluate something um, and give it its fair due. Because we, one of the main tenets of science, we don't like to ever, you know, tear something apart. We're not going to review something that we don't see some good merit in. Um, I know pitchfork, yeah. like sites like that will sometimes take joy out of like tearing apart a major late artist's, you know, new album if they don't like it. And like, they get lots of views that way and get lots of shares, but just, I don't feel there's any benefit in really promoting or like tearing down artists. 
Um, I'd rather promote people I like and the sound I like. Um, so back to your question, I think, but having the less, you know, critical ear, um, I don't think it matters if you're just promoting something you like. As then the people kind of yeah. guess like, hey, you know, I like this, you know, you know, I usually like these types of songs, but hey, this song is actually really good too. And I know it's not in a genre you might listen to or some music you usually consider hearing, but give it a try because, you know, you know my kind of taste by now and the taste of our site. So we wouldn't promote something that we didn't find some real, um, something really quality there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just gonna gonna come on to the bit where I was just thinking, um, uh, we're talking about uh, evaluating music. So I thought maybe it's time for uh, for me to play you some right. music. Sounds great. Uh, and and see what your gut reaction is. Okay. Um, before I do that, <laughs> I wanted to say a little bit about the song that I'm going to play to you. Um, because what I noticed, uh, you sent me two songs and I sent you two songs and I've loaded them up into Spotify. I haven't listened to them. I promise. I haven't listened to the songs, but what I did notice when I was looking at it is the songs that I chose and it has absolutely, it's appropriate of nothing, but it means a bit, but it's like the songs I chose, I think of both of them have got less than a thousand listens. <laughs> and 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 the songs you chose are like probably got a couple of million. Well, I didn't no. think that. I mean, one pretty new. So the artists themselves probably have that. It's, it's a complete coincidence. It's a complete coincidence. And but what I liked uh, about this is even though with uh, it it, it uh, um, demonstrates that. Not only the artists that have only got a thousand streams that aren't being listened to, it's artists that have got hundreds of thousands or millions of streams who are still relatively unheard of. Um, and it sounds like a lot of streams, seven or eight million streams, but it actually only equates to a few hundred euros or a few hundred dollars. Yeah, it's well, finance, the, the financial discussion is a completely different one, and that's. Oh, something I could go on for a little bit. About. But yeah, I mean, you have to look at, you know, a band might have like 500 fans and each, they might listen to a song each 10 times. So that'll get them 5,000 views, yeah. et cetera. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're being heard across the country. And in the, I guess someone, I forget where I read it, but I was reading that like an artist doesn't get seriously considered until they have a song with at least 10 million, you know, streams. Yeah. You know, getting those like benchmarks and getting to 100 million streams um, is a big deal. And you'll sometimes see like artists that you think might be relatively famous from, you know, the 90s or whatnot. Yeah. They might only have one song that's uh, 100 million streams. The rest might be 20 something or lower. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, you said it's, it's a sign, but you can still say, especially with being around, you know, w what artists play well in other countries and have fo foreign followings along with local, you know, because um, it, the band I sent you, one is a U.S. band, one's a Canadian band. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I can't say how big their following is in Europe. I, I don't know. I'm sure they've played it there before, yeah. but they probably still aren't nearly as big there as they might be here. Yeah. Right. So the song I'm going to... Well, it's funny in that case, because the, both the bands that I chose are uh, from the United States. Completely by coincidence, it just happened to be songs that uh, I, I like. Um yeah, and um, they're quite they're two very different types of songs. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna, the first one I'm going to play you is called "Never Wanted It Anyway," 
It's by a band called Rinks. tones on it it has a really nice little guitar melody uh the kind of the beginning part makes me feel like something i want to hear if i was sitting by like a pool or a lake you know it's kind of like a little bit of a dreaminess then it goes in sort of this more like a bubbly kind of poppy little chorus there that almost would fit more for a dance floor so it's a little like it kind of throws you off a little bit going to that sweet kind of laziness to that more like bubbly yeah. uh, dance thing uh, so I dug that part. The voice, I mean, little like higher, maybe more, you know, falsetto, that baby voice that I don't, you know, it's kind of cute for poppy music. It doesn't um, do as much for me in that way. But, you know, I could see myself just kind of dancing around a kitchen to that chorus, you know, yeah. if it came on. Well, it's a fun track. It's a fun track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also have to uh, appreciate the quality, the sound quality is probably not as yeah, good absolutely. coming out of my phone into yeah. the headphones. So, absolutely. And apologies to the artist for me having to hear it the first time that way. I'm sure it's not how they would most like me hearing it, but probably not. But um, it does give you an, it does give you the impetus to go and listen to it uh, for real. So, give them a good stream. Yeah. So I'm going to play a song. The other song. Well, the other song on that list is. One from you to me. Okay. And this is called Back in Ohio from Lucia. I think I'm going to play about a minute, a minute and a half of the song sure. uh, because otherwise it just takes too long. And I guess you, yeah. so there's a particular part of the song you think that's what you've got to listen to. I would just get to you know, at least the beginning to the chorus. You know, um, this is a band, said an American band who I've been following for many years. I actually even directed a music video for them. Mm-hmm uh some years back you know so i'm this is a one of the thing the third single off their new album that just came out back in january yeah um so they kind of mix southern they started off a bit more like alt country then their sound kind of evolved and incorporating more punk rock southern rock memphis soul more kind of southern gothic they've really gone through a journey uh country music so this is this new album really puts together a lot and it shows a lot of their influences like this song they said it's very inspired by uh American songwriter Warren Zevon and, uh, and just the lyrical content. And it just, I said, it's a really fun, a fun, upbeat song that's a good sing along for, I think, uh, when they have live shows again. And I appreciate they also they have a little piano part that I think really kind of gives you a good hook.
Yeah, that's a good old rock and roll song, yeah? It's kind of still like, it like starts off a little bit like The Clash, I think. Yeah, Clash, Replacements, they definitely have those influences. And then it kind of goes to this kind of, kind of very Bruce Springsteen kind of vocals. It reminds me very much of those now Born in the USA kind of that kind of vibe. What I really like is that the, ver- that the chorus is kind of, they don't really go for it in the chorus. Because you're expecting this got to build up, you, you know. You and this is the the chorus. It, actually, the first time it came round, I'm like, oh, actually, that's the chorus back in Ohio. And so that kind of uh, threw me off a little bit. And then they come with this riff, which is actually the riff is the chorus. Huh? This do 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 do. So that's quite nice because it's really. I think it's really difficult to do anything with a a rock song that's original or unique. You know. Because it's yeah. very structured, it's a bit like blues. So it, I, I, it was quite nice. It kind of threw me off a little bit there, and then yeah, and then the host it kind of goes down like oh hi, and then you have that do 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 yeah. do do. It's almost it's like a sweeter little moment yeah. outside of like the bigger like banging rock song kind of guitars. Yeah, cool. So that was back in Ohio by Lucero, and those are those are the Canadian guys. No, they're American. Oh, they're Americans. Sorry, my apologies. To the Canadians out there. <laughs> hey, the Canadians would be lucky to have them. <laughs> right. So the next one, uh, the one I've got for you is called White by a group called Barrington. Reminds me a lot of this band Nightmare of You that had a song uh, called "Buried in Your Backyard." Um, so yeah, it's like very, very catchy little synthy kind of uh, you know guitar line, kind of giving it like a nice little energy to it. And the vocals it had some like very kind of like dark, say emoish lyrics. Like I remember hearing like the skull, eyes go back in the skull of your head, or yeah, things like that. Which um, I'm sure like this is a song I would be like crazy about back in the early 2000s, back when I was in college. Um, you know, it has like that, the vocals has that kind of a weird tone to his voice. That's a little bit, almost like a sardonic sound to it. I don't know what, how to describe it. It's like, it's, he's kind of playing a little bit of humor into his dark lyrics. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like, you know, overly whiny or anything, but still, you know, they're very, um, there's a lot of imagery there, which I appreciated talking about the cherry blossoms and whatnot. So yeah, it was a fun little kind of like, I said, a little, uh, I said, I would call it like a synth emo hybrid there 
80s feel to it too. So yeah. Like an 80s, yeah. 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 Like a new wave feel to it. Yeah. Maybe new wave. Yeah. Cause I, I love the line. Um, will someone paint me a color so that I can blend into my wall? It's like, it's <laughs> maybe a bit like Weezer, uh, from the old, that kind of, those kind of, yeah. um, now what was the other one that we of just like Buddy Holly? Who was that? That kind of twee, uh, what's it called again? Yeah. 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 But I, I, so I quite like that. I see, so now we're going to move on to the last number, which is called Salt Water by Bedouin Sound Clash. Yeah. So this is uh, the Canadian group who, I honestly, I don't even remember the first time I heard them. It was it's definitely over a decade ago. They have a song called When the Night Feels My Song, Feels My Song, which is sort of like a chill reggae-ish number. And uh-huh. I remember seeing them at a warp tour and then again opening for a band called State Radio. And their sound has really evolved over the years and they've really incorporated like they may have started off with being probably compared to groups like Sublime that kind of makes that reggae rock sound, but they really found their own voice when bringing in these other genres, uh, you know, alternative reggae, Calypso, jazz, mm-hmm. even kind of spaghetti Western sounds. And their last album, which came out in 2019 called Mass, really like just perfected it. There was like elements of jazz. They actually, on this song, they worked with the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. And there's other songs that could go from electronic to more traditional kind of rock, but they just always seem to find have a unique sound to what they do. And this is, I think, one of the first singles from that album that I really just strikes me because it doesn't sound like really anything else I could you know think of at the time. Right. So here we go. Saltwater by Bedouin Sound Clash. Warning, it has explicit lyrics for those. Ooh. They probably say some naughty words, but uh, so if you're of a sensitive disposition, close your ears now. Yeah, I like the way they build it up, you know. It sounds like a brass section, but it's probably not. It's probably just. Uh, I think that the prior from the Preservation Hall jazz band is that's a lot of brass instruments there. Yeah, they probably contributed that sound to it, kind of the horns and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't make. I couldn't really. Yeah, I couldn't make up my mind up if it was real brass or sampled brass or just a. Synth, you know, it's, it, 
doesn't have a very, very distinctive brass sound, which is, uh, but you can tell that it's a brass, you know, it's a horns yeah. and stuff like that. It's just really good. Um, I also like the, and then they've got this very, um, very 1950s kind of reverb on the vocals, you know, this, uh, um, the, the crooner kind, the Bobby Ferrin, and then, uh, Bobby, what's, what's his name again? Uh, Bobby Darren. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this kind of, you know, this fifth schmooze, you know, you could you could almost imagine the, the mafia listening to it, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. And then the, but uh, it doesn't really, maybe I, I have to listen to the whole thing, but it sounds like it's taking a long run up to get off the ground. You know, they've got yeah, a kind of... like ever get big. It kind of almost tries, especially towards the end, it kind of hits you a little bit more like, thoughtful and yeah. almost a little bit sadder there's more of a melancholy a bit to it um so yeah it's one of the songs that never like explodes into like a big chorus which i kind of it's a little and i love big courses i love a lot of big anthemic rock songs yeah. this one because it's sort of a little more subtle and it sort of gets under your skin a bit more yeah 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 definitely right well that's the four songs that we've uh, we've we've gone through Woo. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's been uh, yeah, that's been quite uh, quite a lot. So, um, if we want to get hold of you or want to, you know, where where can we sort of see the reviews? Because you're quite actually you're very knowledgeable. Uh, if I, you know, speaking to you, I feel a little bit humbled. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I well, obviously, you can find uh, the website is uh, theindyreview.com. That's indie i n d y like, uh, in, you know, uh, not the I-N-D-I-E, which there's a little bit of a comedic story behind that, but we'll leave that to another time. Uh, but you can also find us at the Indie Review, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh-huh. TikTok even. I'm trying that out. I don't know how I'll go, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Then, so and feel free. Um, my email is just bo, B-O, at the IndieReview.com. So, okay. And, w- and what kind of posts do you put out? Do you put um, out we, or how often? Um, we have something every day. We at least do one piece of content every day. And you know, as now that we're getting a few more writers in, we'll see if we are able to build up enough content and may try two posts a day, but doing a, you know, we really just try and keep it, the quality of the post going and make sure we have enough so we don't miss a day. But yeah. everything, you know, we have some of the posts we do, as I mentioned, we have a world watch when we focus on, international artists um, are more just general posts is check this where he's put a focus on one single track. We're really liking that uh, week and just give it a little highlight. We have a uh, bangers of the week, which is a little bit focus on harder music, whether hard rock metal. Um, we have uh, one post I really enjoy doing is called lost gems where we discover like older music, 15 years or older songs that maybe never really got discovered made from artists who aren't really well known. Uh-huh. Been lost to the test of time and you know sometimes there are your music isn't even online or on spotify so it's really about hunting down that song and as much information as we can about the artists and giving them a little focus and the fun part of that is sometimes those artists have found those posts and been really excited that people remember their music and have um you know still are still listening so uh, that one's been fun and just seeing how yeah. people kind of and also just for me like i found like a obscure song from a german artist uh german band called the subway riders and 
the song was actually end up being a solo song from their singer after the band disbanded. But I could never uh-huh. for years find anything about them. And eventually while doing some serious Google searching and I found with a potential band and I found a way to reach out to them and I emailed and it turned out, yeah, the lead singer got back to me. We started a conversation and you know, I was able to put, he had the um, SoundCloud link to that song that I had found years ago as just an MP3. Because back when you can download MP3s, I had all these still saved in my um, hard drive and you can't find them online anymore. Yeah. So I was able to give him like some attention. Uh, but yeah, we of course do review album reviews, EP reviews, uh, focus on music videos. And back when there were live shows, we do coverage of live shows. Um, haven't been able to do those for a little while except for live streams. Yeah. So yeah, and then we started just doing some just kind of focus articles on uh, different trends going on in music, whether it's the rise of sea shanties as a trending thing or the kind of controversy over uh, Phoebe Bridger's recent smashing of a guitar on Saturday Night Live and why that's caused somewhat of an uproar uh, in the blogosphere. Oh, okay, so that's what we're gonna, that's, you've just posted that this week. That was a la- last week. Yeah, we posted that okay. kind of analysis on that and why I think it's caused issues and where my own personal feelings of that stand. Oh, okay, right. Well, I'm going to go and read. I'll go and read that after this. Awesome. What are you going to do on TikTok? Well, TikTok, I'm still figuring that out. I've tried this. Sometimes it's just a little like um, right now. I've mostly been posting a little. Um, artists that I'm fans of that aren't really that well-known little like videos highlighting a song of theirs, the pictures of the artists to get to know them. Uh, but then I've done a tried, you know, posting like uh, clips from a review and that with a song. So it's a, uh, it's a medium I usually don't like to be, you know, on camera and trying to speak to people about music. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable being a, the face of the website yet. This is the first time yeah. I've done a podcast on it. So um, I'm still learning how to use the app, honestly, and figure out like the algorithms for that. So I don't know how often I'll be using it. You know, it's we're mostly t- t- uh, Twitter and Facebook are the most commonly used. Yeah. And Instagram is a hard medium to use for like a music site per se. Um, yeah. You can do like back when there was live shows and sharing pictures from those. It was a good uh, use of it, but because you can't necessarily directly link from posts to the website it doesn't give as much of a uh, benefit to the website views as a whole. Yeah. But, you know, I like to be everywhere because you never know when you can reach out and get, you know, into contact with an artist or someone uh, because, you know, through social uh, medium. Okay. Well, it's uh, yeah. Having the same, same thing, you know, you've got to be everywhere and, but if there's anywhere that you're kind of, uh, you know, more focused, it's it's uh, Facebook. Facebook and Twitter oh. are probably the, the easiest because we directly, our Facebook posts or our website posts directly share to those two sites. And, right. for, I, you know, I check both of them often and it's easy to, you know, message us or comment on our posts from there and to share, you know, the posts that you like uh, to those mediums. Okay, great. Right. Well, um, that's, uh, I think that's probably, uh, probably enough. We've, uh, covered quite a lot this evening already and, uh, we've already made you normally I ask the guests for recommendations, but obviously we've already done that. Yeah. So only remains for me for, to say, uh, before we close off the live stream, thank you very much My for, uh, for coming along. 
That's it for this week. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching the live stream. If you enjoyed it, then please hit the subscribe button or you can support us to keep the podcast independent and ad free by signing up to Patreon or buy me a coffee page. Next week, I'll be talking to Hila Pair about the desire to be held on to at the moment of letting go or being let go of. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Thank you.